This is the uh, 225th episode of uh, 200 uh, Private Equity. And here we're going to continue uh, with our focus on private equity uh, interim consortium agreements. Uh, and uh, after that's done, we'll move to Exchange Act uh, registration uh, requirements, right? Uh, so one of the former, uh, well, uh, we'll just pick up where we left off. So uh, equity contributions uh, in interim consortium agreements, right, are handled under a peculiar set of rules here. Uh, because acquisition vehicles are typically uh, newly formed shell companies without any assets, uh, targets generally require consortium members to guarantee the payment of a termination fee in proportion to the amount of their equity commitments. If the consortium members own shares of the target before the acquisition agreement is signed, and a founder or large uh, shareholder is included in the deal, it is also common for the investors to include a clause in the contract requiring the members to vote in favor of the transaction. Uh, these voting agreements, though just like management equity incentive programs, are typically concluded after the acquisition agreement is signed, in part because the shareholder deal members may incur reporting requirements under the 1934 Exchange Act. Finally, if the deal is a large leveraged buyout, right, or LBO, uh, one of the buyers may agree to fund equity uh, for the transaction while also requesting the option of selling a portion of their equity to one or more affiliated or unaffiliated third parties to reduce investment risk. This device is referred to as an equity syndication, right? Uh, the negotiations here will center on the acquisition vehicle's obligations to assist in equity syndication, uh, the procedural aspects of the equity syndication, uh, transferee governance rights, uh, the equity syndication timing, the identity and nature of the transferee, and the maximum amount of equity that can be sold, uh, as well as uh, whether a party can force uh, other deal members to engage in an equity syndication, right? And that concludes uh, the duration of what I have here on uh, private equity interim consortium agreements. So let's talk now about uh, Exchange Act registration requirements, right? So uh, certain private equity hedge fund and venture capital funds may be required to comply with Section 15A of the Exchange Act when soliciting investors. Uh, the statute covers both brokers and dealers. Uh, the former is a person engaged in the business of affecting uh, securities transactions uh, for other individuals' accounts. On the other hand, the latter is a person engaged in the business of buying and selling securities for that person's own account as part of a regular business. Uh, when considering whether registration may be necessary, investment professionals should look to whether the individual is actively soliciting fund investors, uh, whether she or he receives compensation related to transactions including fees based on the amount invested or the securities that are placed, uh, whether the individual has duties of marketing the fund's interests, or whether the uh, individual regularly places uh, the fund securities, right? Engaging in one or more of these activities may require a person associated with a private equity or venture capital fund to register with the Securities and Exchange Commission as a broker-dealer, and more than that, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission has even taken the position that the receipt of a commission for referring an investor is sufficient to require registration even if the associate was not active in soliciting or negotiating the investment, right? Uh, so fortunately, the Exchange Act provides an exemption uh, from broker-dealer registration for private equity and venture capital associates. Here, the exempt party must be a partner, officer, director, or employee of the issuer, uh, a company or partnership that controls uh, uh, that is controlled that controls or is controlled by uh, or is uh, under common control with the issuer, or if the employer is a limited partnership, a corporate general partner of the partnership. 
uh, if the issue here uh, is an investment company, I'm sorry, the issuer here is an investment company that is registered under the 1940 Investment Company Act, uh, the partner, officer, director, or employee of the issuer must be a registered uh, investment advisor acting as an advisor to the issuer. Uh, to take advantage of the exemption, the investor cannot be uh, compensated directly or indirectly through commissions. Uh, they must uh, be in a, or cannot be an associated person of a broker dealer. Uh, must cannot be subject to statutory disqualification under Section Three uh, A Thirty Nine of the Exchange Act, and that's uh, the last requirement or the last uh, thing that you, the investor cannot be. Uh, finally, uh, the investor uh, seeking the exemption must satisfy at least uh, one of three criteria. First. Uh, she or he must limit her or his security placement activities to certain categories of regulated investors, including registered broker-dealers, banks, investment companies registered under the Investment Company Act, or state-regulated insurance companies. Second, uh, she or he must perform substantial duties on behalf of the issuer at the end of an offering. Uh, uh, she, must, she or he must not be associated with a broker-dealer or have been associated with a broker-dealer for a 12-month period. And she or he must not have participated in more than one offering for the issue in a 12-month period. Finally, uh, she or he has the option of restricting her or his activities to preparing written materials to be approved by a partner, officer, or director of the private equity fund, venture capital fund, or uh, the investment advisor uh, responding to investor inquiries with a registration statement under the Securities Act or another offering document, or performing uh, ministerial or clerical work only. Uh, uh, the federal securities laws also provide a limited exemption uh, for individuals co-investing in the private equity fund or venture capital fund securities, uh, providing due diligence and standardization documentation services related to the fund securities, so management consultants that's directed to you, and uh, uh, maintaining a platform or mechanism uh, performing uh, offers, sales, purchases, negotiations, or general solicitations so long as the individual engaging in these activities would not have uh, to uh, register under the Exchange Act uh, but for her his engagement in these activities. Uh, this exemption is available only if the individual relying on the exemption is not in possession of investor funds or of the securities in the purchase and sale process. Uh, the individual must also not be disqualified under Section uh, 3A39 of the Exchange Act, and neither the individual claiming the exemption uh, nor any of the associated person nor, nor any associated person of her his uh, must receive compensation in connection with the purchase or sale of the uh, securities. Right, and you know I say associated person, and uh, folks who hold who who are either studying for the FINRA exams or hold a FINRA certification know that that's a buzzword, and uh, uh, that's what I'm going to cover uh, in the next session. And that concludes uh, this uh, 225th episode of uh, 200 on uh, private equity, not, of course, ruling at the possibility of yet more bonus sessions.